Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax and just put aside anything else that's going on. Just remind yourself that that right God is right next to you, and that you spiritually are in Him, so that you don't have to try to get His attention. You don't have to try to meet any standard to be heard. That uh, we're you're in the process. You're on your pathway, joined with God. You're not trying to reach something in order to get a deeper relationship with him. You, are, you already have in your spirit, you already have the quintessential perfect relationship with God. Our problem is our soul. And as part of that, as our body also is affecting our soul, our body is something we have to contend with here on this earth as well. But really, the, the issue is between our soul and our spirit. Our soul is separate. While it was separate from our spirit, our soul came up with its own way of living this life. And it is contrary to living dependent on the spirit as part of the spirit. Again, we are, we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. So your true nature is spirit. You're either dead in your spirit or alive in your spirit. And if you're alive in your spirit, you are your spirit is one with God. Spirit begets spirit. And you are a joint heir with Christ and a co inheritor with him. But you're here on this earth for a time, a season, and a purpose. And that purpose is for God to arrange the circumstances in your life to bring you into oneness, spirit, soul, and body. God does that by bringing restoration to your soul, to reunite your soul with your spirit. Everything your soul needs is available in your spirit now if you've been born again. But that's not going to stop your soul from trying to maintain control to get its needs met on its own terms. And that's what we're contending with. God's job to heal your soul, to restore your your mind, to bring your soul back into union with your spirit. Our job is to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit being here on this earth. Part of that is to understand how our soul works and then hopefully we will be able to maybe even simultaneously learn much more about how the spirit functions. Right now we are so much, so many of us have a misunderstanding of of how different the spirit and the soul is. There are different rules, different laws, different power and authority 
in the natural realm, in the supernatural realm, and in the spiritual realm. And we have a tendency to mix them up. And so part of what we're learning is how our soul works, how it functions. While God does his thing, we can be working on our duty, our responsibility as someone who has a soul. He wants, God wants us to learn how our soul works. He does not want us ignorant of this gift that he's given us. And your soul has all these abilities. So many people refer to them as spiritual gifts, but they're not spiritual and they're not gifts. They're not something God, okay, here, you get some of this and you get some of this and you get some of this. All all These are all just abilities that come with your soul. Just as you have natural abilities, they come with your your body. Your, you have senses and you have strengths and weaknesses that come with your body, likewise with your soul. And so we, we value these abilities, but we don't treat them as spiritual. In other words, if you are a spirit, those solical abilities you have that are in your soul are under your authority. And so we learn how to accept the challenge of exercising, learning how to use those abilities. And those abilities are like, you know, um, miracles and raising the dead and uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, any of those things that we also often refer to as special spiritual gifts. You don't have to qualify. They came with your soul. Now, we, there are things we can do and are to learn to do and value in order to use, learn how to use these abilities that God has given us. Part of the, our approach, and we've talked about several of these aspects of it, for instance, um, speaking in tongues, and then asking for interpretation of tongues. Those are things that we can do without anybody knowing about it. And yet as we do that, hopefully that gives us encouragement to try something more, try something different. But every ability that you have is is an ability that God wants you to use. He, He wants you to be able to access any aspect of your soul as he puts you in the circumstances in the circumstance where it's needed. It's like having a toolbox. If you've got a toolbox and you only know how to use the hammer, well, what about when you need the screwdriver? You're going to be starting from scratch. I don't even know how to use this. You know, I'm not going to be any good. We need to find somebody who knows how to use a screwdriver or a wrench or, you know, pick one. So the point is, is you have a toolbox. Your, your soul is a toolbox that has tools in it that God has given you, and he wants you to learn how to use all the tools so that when he puts you in a situation where you need a hammer or you need a screwdriver or you need a wrench, you can, 
You know, let's say you get really good at using a hammer, but a situation comes along where somebody's already using a hammer, and God needs you to use needs you to use a screwdriver, and you say, "I can't. I can only use a hammer." It's like, no, we want to. That's, this is part of us learning to live as a spirit being that has a soul. Now, I don't know how adept anyone has ever gotten at functioning and, and using every tool in their toolbox, but I do know that for you and I, that's a challenge that we can work on under our own control. We can set aside time. We can create our own homework. We can, we can experiment in safety and try things. And that God wants us to do that. And these are things that he wants us to enjoy, not, not out of fear or if we don't do it, something's, you know, God's going to be displeased. No, it's simply that these are, your soul is God's gift to you. And these abilities, these, this toolbox came with your soul. And within it, these are tools that God wants you to learn to use because it will benefit you. It will benefit you to be whole in your soul. And if there's any area in your soul that is resisting God's draw to spirit, that's an area where you're not going to be one with him in your soul. Now, over time, I think we're all going to be complete and entire, one in him. But for right now, we can just accept that the circumstances that he's putting in, he gives us opportunities to learn how to use those tools. So it may be that we spend a season on each tool. It may be that he puts us in situations where we need every single tool. However he wants to do it, it's up to him. But you can trust him that he will be your teacher that he will teach you how, your, how the tools work and which tool to use when. Now, we, you know, especially in this day and age, we have access to books and conferences and, and videos and all different experiences that other people have had. And, you know, let, let God direct you to what, you know, whatever experience, whatever other people have experienced. We certainly want to value other people's experience and, and what they've learned. But let him be, give you the final word on, yes, this is how I want you to start. And we're all just starting. We've, we've kind of encapsulated certain aspects of the Christian life and separated, separated them one from, from another. Like here, over here is, is ministry. Over here is our work. Over here is our family. And yet it's all one in your life is one aspect and it's all to bring us into oneness in our spirit so every aspect of of your life is not they're not separate it's all your life it's all your pathway that god has set aside for you specifically every person in your life every person in your family your boss the the driver that cut you off this morning they're all under God's control. They're all specifically put there for you, not against you, for you. God is always well pleased with you. 
Now, he's going to give us correction. He's going to give us direction. But that's aimed at your soul, not your spirit. Because your spirit is perfectly one with him. And remember, in your soul, we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So what does God do? He lets us fail. He lets us soul, our soul come to its end. He lets our soul fail. I don't know about you, but failing is not pleasant. We often misinterpret what that means when it's really just God saying, okay, this is what we're going to work on now, teaches us. Even while he is doing the job of restoration, reunion, bringing our soul and spirit back together, by speaking truth, by speaking healing, by restoring our past, generationally speaking, and preparing us for the future, he's doing that all behind the scenes without us even knowing about it. But we can learn how our our soul works that's something that he has placed under our power and authority as a spirit being and that's where we start when we start talking about the supernatural realm this is you know we get we all have we don't know what we don't know and we all have certain reservations shall we say about what we don't know about the un, the great unknown and what we all have a tendency to do is we, we have a tendency to fill in the blanks with either what, what other people have told us, this is how it works, or this is what it is, or our mind can, can come up with, with its own concept. Sometimes our emotions will fill in the blanks with, with fear or, or I just don't want to go there. It's, you know, it's none of my business. I'll let, let somebody else take care of this. Or we just find other things to do to keep us busy. So our soul will attempt to keep us distracted from those things that will place our soul back into dependence on our spirit. Remember, our soul wants to maintain control. And that's a good thing. That's a a strength in your soul that God placed there. But he is bringing that control into submission to your spirit. And he does that through this process that we're all involved in, following our own path. But we don't understand the supernatural. We don't know about it. We've, so many of us have really understood what we've experienced. For one thing, we've all been taught that it's spirit, that you're having a spiritual experience. When you're, when you're getting a prophetic word, it's a spiritual experience. When you're raising the dead, it's a spiritual experience. But it's not. It's a supernatural experience. And sometimes it's solical. It's your supernatural having power and authority, exercising power and authority over the natural realm. And when, again, when we look back at, at what Jesus spent so much time with with his disciples it was exercising the solical abilities his solical abilities over the natural realm he started with turning the water into wine that was a pure example of the power he had over the natural realm 
and even even restoring life to, to to Lazarus. And the you know example of the the that he had of the power over the demons. And then he sent the two two by two, and they they came back and marveled that they had power over demons. And they weren't even Christians. They weren't even spirit beings. They just Jesus himself had taught them this is how your soul works. And this is how you exercise the power and authority that is in your soul, even though you're not even a Christian. So that the devils would obey them. And then others went out and the, de- the, the demons said, Paul we know, or this was you know, under Paul, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but we don't know you. So they had missed something. So you and I, we want to learn. What are we missing? And so, so often we're taught, don't go there. You know, don't mess around with the angels. Don't mess around with the demons. Don't mess around with the supernatural realm. Just wait till you die, and then you'll be in heaven, and then it'll all be explained to you. Or that's only for special people. Or you have to be really mature or really pure or fast you know, fill in the blank of any reason, you know, you're not, you're not advanced enough. You're not on the right level. You don't have the anointing. Somebody hasn't prayed for you or stirred you up or whatever it is in order for you to be involved in anything in the supernatural or the spiritual. They just keep doing, you know, a lot, in a lot of churches, the only thing people are allowed to do is, is tithe and give and, and do the nursery you know, and, and support other people. And yet, God does not have any special honeys. He is no respecter of persons. If you learn, if you set your heart, I want to learn, I want to learn how the word of knowledge works. I want to learn how, how, to, how do you raise somebody from the dead. And he might put a book in your hands. He might... You know, he might give you an example. You know, he might teach you, okay, this is how it works in other, in other countries that know how to do this. This is the difference between raising somebody from the dead from your soul and doing it under the direction of God. So we, we are in the process of learning, but we're in that process from a position of being in the Beloved. God has already given you the kingdom. You are already there. You've, you've already done the thing. You're, you're one with him. So now you get to learn. Instead of waiting till you die and you're in heaven, it's a little too late for that. We've got these wonderful opportunities right now. And we can learn from God right now. How do these things work? How does our soul work? How does the power and authority that we already have, how do we exercise that now? And again, a lot of times we, we don't want to even consider, you know, stepping out, trying things, learning, 
you know, whether we think that we can't, we're too stupid or we're not special enough or we don't have time, you know, we've got all these other obligations. God certainly wouldn't want me to neglect any of these other areas just to learn how to exercise the, the word of knowledge or, or revelation, perceiving and understanding the signs of the times. Certainly God wouldn't want us to make changes to our lifestyle. Well, those are good questions, and only God can answer those. But part of the way our soul gets around that, our self-soul, our selfishness, is we don't ask the question. It's just neglect. We just don't even go there. Because, you know, what What if you ask God says, in, and say you're interested in you know, miracles, being able to, to do miracles? Stop the rain, for instance. Stop, you know, turn a tornado away from a populated area. Let's just use that as an example. What if all of a sudden you, or even not all of a sudden, you had the desire to be able to do that, to speak to the weather and have it change? Right now, is, it, is that something you're interested in? That's from God. That desire is from God. It wouldn't come from anywhere else. And that's all you need to know. You don't need to be put a timeline on it. You don't need to put a difficulty meter on it. You can just go, okay, God, I think this is from you. How do I learn how to do that? And you start spending time. You start writing, taking notes. You start, you know, looking into what, how other people do it. You know, um, what is God's concept of prayer, and how is it different from ours? Did Jesus pray, or did he command? Did he just say, you know, peace be still, and the waters calmed? Anything he did on this earth, we can do, except for being the Savior. That's something only he can do. But everything else he did, everything he taught his disciples, we can do. There's things that they had advantage of walking around with the Son of God that you and I don't have him in the flesh, shall we say. We have him in the spirit, and we have him in the supernatural realm, and we have him in the natural realm. But we're, we're so programmed by our soul and our outward influences, and that's part of the world system, that we don't expect him to teach us. You know, we think that when the disciples died, everything that they had learned, it was done. That God did not continue any any of those teachings that, you know, now we just, you know, sit around twiddling our thumbs until some other event, you know, another page is turned, a new chapter is started, and then we'll understand everything. And yet God himself says, you know, come under me, uh, come under me. If you want to understand, he wants to teach. And our main constraints is our own beliefs and our emotions and our actions, our soul. It's our very soul. And again, this is not out of 
you know, this is hopefully encouraging and not trying to shame or um, threaten or feel like you have to do this or God isn't pleased with you. Absolutely not. God is 100%. God could not be more pleased with you, period, end of sentence. He has expectations on your soul because you are 100% pleasing to him. You are his son. You are his very, his, his offspring, his heirs. He wants you to inherit everything that his son Christ paid for to you and I. And he wants us to value it. It's valuable to him. He wants us to value it as well. So we start looking at, okay, well, what are we afraid of? Why do we find it? You know, we find time for things that are important to us. And not everybody, you know, there's 24 hours in every day, but absolutely everybody does have different challenges on their lives as far as how to spend their time. That's fine. God knows that. That's not what this is about. It's not about quitting your job so you have time or or getting, you know, not spending time with your, your family or anything like that. It's starting where you're at and taking it objectively. This is how much time I have to spend. Now, over time, he might draw you to spend more time, but let's just say it's 20 minutes a day. And as we are diligent at setting aside that 20 minutes a day, and we're, let's say we're thinking, okay, I want to be able to speak to the weather and have it obey me. How do I do that? And we spend our time being quiet, and just patiently listening. And then when we've identified an area, we also set aside another 20 minutes and another day where we are, where we are asking God, okay, how does, how does that work? How did, you know, how did Jesus walk on water? You know, how, how did he, you know, his peace be still? How did he calm the storm? And then all of a sudden they're on the other side of the, of the lake. How, do, how, did he, how, how did he do that? And then we ask God, and he starts showing us and drawing us and explaining little bit by little bit, often not while we're asking. Often it will come in while we're driving, while we're watching a movie, while we're you know, eating dinner with friends. In fact, that's most of the time how it happens, is it's not when we're seeking it. It's when we're distracted by something else that he can speak the most clearly. But the whole idea is that we're in this together. You're, you're learning. God is teaching, and, it, and he's having a blast teaching you. And you're having a blast learning because you can't fail. It's sort of like me, learning a musical instrument for the first time. God giving you a violin, you have no idea how to hold it, how to, how to you know, make it make any noise, let alone music. You don't know the parts, you don't know the chords, you don't know how it works, and you start where you you start where you're at. And he teaches you one thing, he teaches you another thing, and we all want to get in there. We want to, you know, play before an audience. We want to, you know, uh, play, you know, the the greatest music ever made. And yet, we're not ready for that. But we can start where we are, and we can have fun doing it we can enjoy it and that's part of our 
that's one of the indicators. If if God is putting something on your heart and you're feeling heavy about it, if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, you want to ask God about that. Why am I, I believe this is a, is the path you have for me. This is what's next on this path, but I don't want to go that on that path. There's something there that, that I'm either afraid of or I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of or there's a, there's a wound there or a misbelief or um, I'm going to lose friends if I do that. And we this is this is how he arranges for himself to heal our soul. If I do this, this is going to go against everything that my friend believes, and I'm going to lose this person as a friend. I may have to go to a different church. I may have to change everything I believe about how God operates, how the devil operates, how this world operates. And then we go, okay, am I willing to do that? Well, I don't know. And so you ask God, will it be worth it? See, you can talk to him. You can ask him. You you can let him know that... You know, he already knows. He already knows that you're concerned about that. You already, he already knows what your fears and your apprehensions are. So you might as well be honest with him. He's not going to hold it against you. He wants you to ask him so you can talk to him about it. Now, he's already prepared the way. He's already, that path is already before you. And whether you have to make big changes or not, what's really important is that each day you're bringing these things to him. Because this is, this is learning your soul, learning how to live in dependence on your spirit. So I hope that helps. But really, if you can, set aside some time. If there's an area, even going back to uh, speaking in tongues and the interpretation, set aside 20 minutes. Besides, every day you set aside time to just be with him, to be in his presence and just let him let him be with you. And then also, even once a week or more often if you can, 20 minutes to just work on the ability that he's been set aside. You know, think about, okay, what is what is tongues? What is the interpretation of tongues? What's it for? How does it work? Does it go through the brain? Does it go through the mind? Is this a natural thing? Is this something everybody does for, for the same reason? Are there more than one kinds of tongues? You know, now that I, you know, if I get it, is it going to change me? Is it going to be something I can control? Or if you have it, how do you interpret it? What is the purpose of interpretation? What if, you know, uh, again, can I control this in the presence of others? What if I start doing it and it, will I, can I be fooled? Is this something that I can, you know, can only be done under the, the Spirit of God? Can I be deceived by interpretation of tongues? Just whatever your questions are, they're the right questions. So spend time doing that, whatever it is. Again, if it's miracles, anything, healing, anything, spend time with God and start learning about it. As you do that, you'll find yourself making more time. So, so thank you for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.